coming this March exclusively to my Patreon is my first written, illustrated graphic novel by yours truly. It is a homage to Fahrenheit 451, as Guy Montag now has to serve out 30 days without technology, with the lights out. And in that process, he discovers a talent he never had, drawing life into the world. Now, as the sentence dwindles down and he's ready to return to society, maybe, just maybe, he has found something more to go for. Exclusively on Patreon, starting this March. Check it out now in the episode description below. Now, just one more little thing to do. And on second here. Boom, boom. There we are. Okay, we are officially on the air. Let's continue our chat now. We, okay, yeah. Zoom and uh, Zoom and Twitch are kind of like, um, uh, how do I put this? They, they're like brothers that fight all the time. They, 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 they're family, mm -hmm. but they don't like each other. So anyway, welcome everybody. Um, you know, it continue like the weather here, like, like there's a huge difference between. So you, you get in this weather long enough, minus 10 feels warm, like legit. I, I'm not even lying. Like minus 10 feels warm. <laughs> minus 10 degrees no. Celsius. Right. Right. You're like, how could that be? Because it, it, there are levels, right? And there's like minus zero to minus 10 minus 10 to minus 20 and minus 20 to minus 30. Right. And, uh, and, yeah. and after that, um, then you, and if you get anything below minus 30, you, you're only going outside if you absolutely have to. And you're, you're minimizing your contact at that point. Once you break about minus 30, because it gets really, really, really cold. Um, yeah. And then drains you too. Like if you have to do any work outside, let's say you're shoveling snow, let's say it's minus 30, you come in exhausted, oh. right? You, you come in oh, absolutely no. exhausted because it's not just the work you're doing. It's, it's the fact that your body's fighting against the cold while you're working. So you come back and you're in a warm environment where your body doesn't have to have to produce what it's producing to heat you up. You're like, Oh my God, this, this sucks so oh. bad. Right? Yeah. Right. So that's something that I, I've, uh, I've, I got a lot of experience with is the fact that I've learned that, um, I've learned that basically with like, you learn to tolerate it. Right. It's like anything else. Right. So if, I don't know, where do you live exactly? Mm. I, I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh, so Hoboken, New Jersey. So you guys, so you it's, guys go minus 20 is about as cold as you get, but you got like a wet cold out there. Cause I know this cause I live in Ontario. So Yes, it gets yeah. So and and I've been up in Albany and and I've been, yeah. uh, Madison, Wisconsin was the coldest I've been it, with the, because the wind is just when yeah, there's Wisconsin, wind that it hurts. What what Wisconsin gets cold? Wisconsin gets really cold too. Like Wisconsin, so the coldest spot in Canada is a place called Winnipeg, Manitoba. In terms of like civilized, like not going way 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 up north, it can get to minus uh, six. It can get to minus sixty there. Oh, that rarely yeah, happens, but good. yeah, no, uh, like, like, yeah. So like these levels are cold. You're like, Jesus. All right. So, but you experience them, right? There's differences in body temperature, right? I got to go like to my side gig tomorrow and I'm not looking forward to it because it's going to be probably minus 20, like 24, 25 when I, when I get there. No one's going to go to uh, that hockey game. No one's going to go to that game, right? So I, I'm not no. expecting. I'm not. I'm expecting to sit on my ass, read books probably for about four or five hours, and then go home. 
right? Uh, that that that's how cold yeah. I expect it to be. Uh that's yeah. not good. You you're welcome. You're I have a place you could sleep on like I have an extra bedroom. <laughs> Come and sleep. It's, it's not. It's not eighties, but it's like forties. You know, I'll make you some chicken soup. You know, just you just chill. Warm like, you up. Yeah, yeah. You just kill. Don't worry. Like, like, and I've lived in Arizona too, right? So Arizona is the opposite. You go all the way like to plus forty, right? Yeah, plus forty, or your 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 weather locale like 110, 120 degrees Celsius, right? Yes. And and the weird part is here's the weird part about living there. You you get used to it. You get to like 70 degrees Fahrenheit and you think it's cold. Weird with what, what that weather does to the body. Yes, yes. I, I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. So how you doing today, man? I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, it's just uh I got home a little early for this podcast, which uh always good excuse to get home early. Yeah. So uh Yeah, no, it's so, good. So you're a writer by trade or you got other 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 uh Iron uh, I, well, my day job. I'm a, I'm a lawyer by day. You're That's my day job. Okay. Yes. What kind What kind of lawyer are you? Uh, I I do a lot of negotiation. I manage litigation uh, for various professionals or schools or public officials or uh, all different kinds of cases. And I've been doing this for about thirty eight years. Oh wow. Yes. So, so you, you, you I, I, I'm not gonna. I, like I said, I'm not gonna talk about your clients by name per se because I, I imagine sometimes some of the things you're dealing with there are very touchy, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Get they get a little touchy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's. I got okay. I'm gonna ask you this. This and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about writing stuff and other things. I'm just this is just a curiosity thing here. With litigation, with litigation, um, like, like it, it, I'm not gonna say like, have you seen the dirty side of a corporation exactly? But I imagine that that probably the hardest part about your job sometimes is you get to see the worst side of human nature on both ends of the spectrum, like the the clients you represent. I'm not saying again, no names or anything like that, but also the people, the people going after them. Because it like like with the way the world has been when it comes to pursuing a buck. Well, I I say that um, I, I actually it's, it's the people actually the people are pretty good. I'm surprised how like okay. you know and I I used to do a lot of legal malpractice and yeah yeah just uh, like yeah some characters there yeah I uh, imagine but but really it's it's more like I I find lawyers and I manage lawyers and, and I, I explain law school that like the first year all you they teach you how to do is they learn how to get on people's nerves and then the second year of law school you they teach you how to rub people the wrong way and then the third year of law school they teach you how to get underneath people's skin and then when you could do all three exactly at the same time you're a lawyer so <laughs> <laughs> so I surround myself with with those kind of people, yes, and that gets that's why I end up writing about being cranky or effectively cranky. But yes, I I, I deal with those kind of people. So and there's some people who are very good at doing that to me sometimes, and I could do that to other people as well. So 
were even. So you, you, you'd be the perfect villain on television then. Like you, you, you can make yourself completely irredeemable to the eyes, to the eyes of people. Right. So yeah, if you wanted to, no, I, I say that because my, my uncle's a lawyer, but he's, he does, he does translation, a lot of translation jobs for, 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 for the company because of what he speaks um, mm-hmm. and what he represents. What I, what I, like I said, I, I do think by and large lawyers get a bad rap by and large. Right. Because yeah. I, you, you, you deal, you deal with, whether people realize it or not, like, like, like professions like yours are very people oriented, people orientated, very, you're dealing with people and you're, and you're trying to solve problems. Now, again, there are some, there are like, like, you're, there is a certain pugilism in what you guys do sometimes, like, 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 you know, historically where you guys came from. But like I said, I, I don't, I don't think anybody when they choose a profession necessarily, like I, th- I, I tend to believe that people choose what they choose because they want to make a difference. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 Yeah. Especially by writing. Yeah. stuff. I don't know if that's what I wanted to do, but, but my writing is more like wanting to make a difference. So that's. Uh, no, no, I, oh, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. So yes. big writing fan, like big book fan. Um, well, it's just writing. Yeah. I'm, I, I got the writing bug. So, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have fun with it. So, so, and when so, you create something, it's like, wow, I did that. Like, and I wasn't even on drugs. So, so that, that's always fun. Okay. <laughs> yep. You're definitely a liar. Um, no, I, 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 uh, so how'd you do it? How'd you get, how'd you break in? Like what, 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 what was the bug? What was the moment for you where you said, I, I want to write? Well, uh, actually, uh, I started writing uh, the, the law stuff. I, I write, I've, I've written articles. I write on negotiation. That's what I do. And uh, I was a young lawyer. I was asked to speak at a seminar. And I was also told to write two chapters in a textbook. I said, oh, I'll, I'll speak. But writing and um the attorney said, he, he goes to me, Steve, if you ever want to be an expert, just write about it. And uh, I took that. That that was like mm-hmm. my thing. It, and it made sense. So whenever I, I look at something, I just keep writing. And and I, I it speaks to me. And it makes me like think and figure things out. And then, um, and then this other writing career, which is separate from what I do as, as an attorney, uh, was all an accident. I was in Rome with my wife and we were in this Airbnb and, um, she, the electricity went out and she was like coloring her hair and black dye went in her eye and she got very cranky and I write about crankiness. But so I said, you're like the tyrannic crank at Soros. And Soros is this Yiddish word for problems. And I said, that's how, how all the other dinosaurs died. There's one little dinosaur who kept cranking out a Soros and, and all the other dinosaurs dropped dead. So that got a laugh in her. And then I wrote this book, The Last Surviving Dinosaur, The Tyrannic Crank at Soros. And after that, uh, some uh, reviewer said, well, he didn't talk enough about overcoming crankiness. And I was about embracing crankiness, so I started this blog, and I became a book, a grown-up guide to effective crankiness. 
the crank it source method. And, and then I started writing other children's books. I have snoodles, kadoodles, poodles, lots and lots of noodles. And I bought two other books following up on that, the snoodles theme. And, and then now I just came out with Cranky Superpowers, Life Lessons Learned from the Common Crank It Source Chronicles. And this is it. So, ah. And that just came out in, in September, Cranky Superpowers. So, so, so you're, you're about how to put this, embracing the, embracing the, the, the feelings of the moment for, per se, right? Because um, it's like, a lot of people try to keep thinking, I'm a very positive guy. I try to be very positive anyway, right? For the most part. And what I've learned is, um, what I've learned is like, it, like I generally have like a good headspace, but, but well, most part anyway. But I find that I think with anger, like some of them, like crankiness is often considered to be um, not necessarily the best emotion, but there is certain, there is a certain, put this, being comfortable in the like feeling things you feel in the moment is probably a very healthy thing. Instead of trying to, oh no, I need to be happy all the time. It's like, no, I can be a miserable person or I can be cranky or I can be upset or I can be any of those things. And in the right context, it's okay to be those things. Yes, yes. So and I, I call it uh, uh, the common crankosaurus. Like if you, like you have a cold, oh, you have the common cold and you might have one or two in a year a common crankosaurus, you could have three or four in the morning alone. And, and I will say like giving it a name and making it common, it's not about you. It's just like, this is how we are. We get cranky. So, uh, and, and so not letting it like beat you up, like you're supposed to be somebody. And, and I, in my first book, I talk about like, uh, even with kids, like they always told kids, uh, say what you feel and, uh, Use your words. So, oh, I, I feel like angry. I feel angry. I feel angry. And you might think at, at some point, oh, little Josh is good using his words, but he's an angry little kid. So by saying, it's not like, no, I'm just, I have a, I have a crankosaurus. I have a common crankosaurus. So I, I'm still this sweet little kid who happens to have a little, you know, crankosaurus in me. And, so I think that's even better than just even saying, I'm angry. So, you know, it just makes you, it's just like a moment. You're, I'm a sweet kid. I happen to have what everybody else has once in a while, and it will pass. You, you know, it sounds like to me what you basically done is you found a way to make being cranky playful. Yes, yes. Uh, that, that's what I do in my first book. In this book, I tell lots of stories and, and, and have a lot of fun and how, like, uh, you, you learn from your cranky moments. Sometimes, yeah. And, and, then, and then you find your superpowers from those cranky moments. Hmm. So we can go a couple different ways here. I know I'm going to talk about very adult stuff with children's books, but I, I actually tend to think children's books, if they're done well, deal with very adult adult things in them anyway right because yes because kids kids are smarter than we give them credit for most of the time right right yeah so i mean there's some things I'd, I'd rather a kid wait till they're 11 12 13 years old to start dealing with but by and large yeah. 
by and large. They could get things, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they are very perceptive. And you have to kind of understand, like, like, um, like, as far as perceptions go, um, you don't fool them as much as you think they do. Eventually, they may not understand it in the moment, but they, they do eventually put the pieces together. And yeah, so, they're very smart, very perceptive. Yes. That's yeah, right. they, they do. They're not stupid. And that's the one thing about kids in and I think a lot, a lot of people take it for granted. So you, you got to write some really adult things. But it sounds to me, I, I have a theory that that what we write about are things about ourselves. I'm willing to make, I, can I make a wager on you? And if I'm wrong, you can call me out. I'm just, yes. this, is a, this is a okay. wager. I'm going to wager in your younger days, you were angrier. And the reason I'm going to say it like this is just considering what you're writing about is somewhere along the way, you figured out how to make peace with whatever you, 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 you deal with, right? Partly because of your job, partly because of just how life, how life has gone right? You're like, why am I feeling this way or that way sometimes? And I shouldn't feel this way. And then one day you woke up and you realized, no, I should feel this way. But instead of taking it out in this like negative way on where you destroy everybody else, you're like, okay, what can I do with this thing that I have? And where can I go with it? Is that, is that, is that, accurate or am I on just, am I on to well, something or am I just on something? Yeah, no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, uh, angry. No, no, I wasn't, I was like a funny kid, you know, I was like a yeah. funny kid, but, uh, uh, but I, I very excitable and dramatic and, and all that, but, uh, and, but I'll give you an example of, uh, you know, when I write and it's, it gives, it instructs me and like, like, uh, Best chapter, and it's from my first book, uh, "Grown Up Guide to Effective Crankiness." I call it was drive me crazy, crank it source. And again, it it was like the light bulb in my head, where uh, and, and how it sets up. And everybody has this. I explain everybody has this. Where so, like like you have in your head, it drives me crazy when, and you fill in the blank, and I cannot understand how. Again, fill in the blank. So, uh, so what happened? It was an actual true story. My my daughter went to get her windshield replaced at the windshield replacement store, and they replaced it wrong. Though it was leaking, the one th- I cannot it drives me crazy when the one thing they're supposed to do they couldn't do right. I can't understand how they couldn't. Yeah, you know, but so I, I wrote a story where. Then, like it, it's uh, every character in that situation has it drives me crazy, and and then we go to restaurants, and of course we're not getting served. The people getting served that came an hour after us, and they're and, and and they're getting served, and we're still waiting to take our order. And it you know again it drives me crazy when. And and we complain to the owner, and it, the owner drives me crazy. And the, the the waiter has the same experience because the owner's directing him around. So everybody has the same experience, and uh, and it, it's like pressing the buttons. And like, oh wow, yeah, that happens to me a lot. And then it slows it down, it slows it down. 
So I, I, I go, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. I, I still go, yeah, that's one of those things that drive me crazy. But I don't have to go into that smoke coming out of my ears sort of place. Yeah. Well, like I said, it, it's it's no because what you're talking about is you're letting yourself feel what you feel, but you're you're letting it out in a constructive way, right? Like 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 that, yeah. that's that that's the thing, right? You like I I like usually like with a lot of people they struggle with like with their emotions and what they're feeling and processing because they have this idea of what they're supposed to be instead of who they are in that moment, and and that can be all of us, like we all have this, these quirks in ourselves. But the thing about it is, um, the, the thing about it is you, you have to, you have to, in those situations kind of come to a realization that, um, okay, you know what? All right. I, I am feeling this way. And what do I do about it? Right. And, and right. Instead of just letting the emotion control you, you have to learn how to control that emotion. And, I think what I think was really brilliant about how you've done things is like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make it playful. I'm going to make it play. I'm going to make it playful. I'm not even going to try to, I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to, I'm going to play with it. By playing with it, I deal with it in a way that's very, 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 um, again, it's healthy, but also oddly positive. Like, like, like an oddly positive use of anger. I use a crankiness, I use like whatever it is you're feeling, right? So it allows people to feel cranky, but it also gives people a way to say, okay, I can do this in a positive way. Yes. And like, so just to give you another example, in my, my this book, I have a chapter called Crankosaurus Menopause. And uh, somebody, some reviewer said, I wish she was a woman. Uh, after reading the first book, so, so uh, he, he could tell me how to deal with menopause. So, all right, I'm not a woman, but uh, I'll write a chapter on Crankosaurus menopause. So, so uh, and actually, I have a rule with, with my, my wife and I, we have a rule. And the thing, of the, our rule in our relationship is that you get to be 5% insane, 20% crazy, but you have to be 75% normal. And you might think, well, hey, that's that's a little crazy because you do the math, twenty percent. That's like uh, three hundred sixty. That's like seventy-three days a year. I'm crazy. I don't know if I could deal with it. But it's counterintuitive because if I said you're allowed zero percent crazy, when you do become crazy, and we all become crazy, you can't say you're crazy. I'm not the one who's crazy. You're the one who's really crazy. And that would make me crazy. And then I start thinking you're insane. And then we go go back and forth and we have this big, big fight and we both think we're both insane and crazy and then we just go off the deep end. So by giving you permission to be crazy and even a little bit insane, so when you do become crazy, it's like, yeah, yeah, she's only using like 2%. So it's counter by giving, and you feel like, oh, wow, I'm allowed to be crazy. It's not like, it's not that bad, you know? And you feel grateful for about being crazy. And we end up in our relationship only using up about maybe one or 2% crazy. By giving you 0% crazy, you might end up 50, 60% crazy. And that, that, that's too much. So I, I want to get into a little bit more about you. Because again, somewhere along the line, yes. like, like you, you got, 
there's a wisdom to what you're writing. Like the, I'm, I'm like legit. Like there's a there's a definitive wisdom about it. I have a theory about love. This is this is this is my theory about love because I'm not married. You're married, so you 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 might be able to speak on this more than I I, I can, right? Right. As mm-hmm. he goes, I he goes. I don't like even after all these years, I still know nothing. I've heard this too, but this is my theory. I yeah. think you know. I think when you love some, when you truly love somebody, like when you know you are, you can trust and love somebody is when you can totally be yourself in front of them, and they they accept you for who you are. That means it's not always happy. Sometimes it's crazy. Sometimes it's cranky. Sometimes it's all these things. Like it's not just yeah, the embrace of the poly, right. right? Right. It's the fact. Like some, I, I the example I use sometimes is kids acting out in school. Some people would look at that initially and go, "Well, that's terrible." No, like, no, it's not terrible. They feel in an environment where they can be trusted enough to be this person. So now maybe they can't have that environment at home. You don't know. You don't know. Like you have no idea what happens with it when a kid goes home. Like you have no idea. But here they're being this. And if and if the teacher, I'm sure there are days the teachers are like, you know, just just one day, one day, just just give me peace and quiet. I would love one day. Just 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 give me one day. We're good, right? And then the next day mm-hmm. you'd be back to this again. But tomorrow, right? But by and large, I think I, I I think I think the thing about that is they feel like they can be they can be this person in this environment because they trust the people in that environment, and that's. And that's when, and I realized like, that's when I know I love somebody for real, because I can be a little bit of that crazy, like, I'm not not trying to be the picture perfect person for them. I'm just being me. And they can, and they will love me for who I am, good, bad, and indifferent. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. You know, it's just like, like, you're you're given permission uh, to be who you are, and you're, you're embraced whoever whoever that may, may be. So that, yeah. that's, and um, yeah, that, that, that's really important. Yeah. So like, again, I was going to ask you a really tough question because really I realize like, as I'm getting older, I know less, I, I know less than I thought I did. And that might maybe, uh-huh. make, you know, that might make me wiser. I worry by the time I get to about 60, 65, I'm going to be like, I know nothing. I, I got a fishing pole and I have a drink and that, that that's about all I know at this point. And that that's good. And then, and, I think I'll be okay with it at that point, but I, I, I just realized like, you know, like I don't have the, I don't have the bandwidth anymore to, 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 I try not to condemn anyone anymore. Right. Like once upon a time I, I, I was, I was a more like righteous prick. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I have no idea what's going on on the other side of this. Right. And because I have no idea, I'm just going to give people, I'm going to just give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I don't pretend to know. And I find I love people more when I do that. Yeah. No, like uh, in, in my book, I have a chapter. Um, it's called uh, Peanut Gallery Crank It Service. And it's the fancy nuts, you know, they, for some reason, that, like they end up uh, sitting at, at the top of the theater, and uh, and they end up throwing peanuts at the stage, but they couldn't see, and it was actually their own kids they're throwing peanuts at because they didn't really see. And it's just again, when you when you can't see, 
then um, you know you, you can't really you don't know everything you know so so uh, and I, God, I have another chapter in my other book that like kind of deals with that like not judging yeah. uh, that um, yeah you, it's it's like it, it takes a lot out of you once you start judging the people and then you you start becoming the that you you're smarter than everybody else and it's, it's just not good yeah I know well I I just think I. I think the only thing I really at this at this point in my life that really generally pisses me off is when people have have like you know, like they like I'm morally better than you, and right or inside because basically the judge the more judgmental someone is, it's usually like they they're coming like coming from a uh, their own perch and it's just like, you know, not really much else in the world pisses me off at this point in the world, but that still does. And I think that always will a little bit with me. And I've come to I've come to terms with it. Like you know what, I, I, I the people that live and let live, I'm always. I mean, they may have no one's perfect, but I can live with most of that stuff. It's the people that don't that tend to uh, um, virtue signal. I hate that stuff. As I've gotten older, mm-hmm. I hate that stuff more and more. You know, so so. They're probably they're, they're they're probably the one version of the Crankosaurus I'll never be able to quite forget. But I hope you understand that. <laughs> yes, yes, I understand. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, okay, I guess so, you know there's there's things that get under my skin. That I, I imagine, sort of I imagine. get me. Uh, so uh, you know, as an as an attorney, I always like to say I I manage my my cases the way. I would um, try try a case, and I, I, if I talk about the closing argument, where you're not, you just uh, uh, one one second. I just have to. No worries. We have a moment, ladies and gentlemen, in the middle of the yes. production. Train professionals. I, train. That's right. Yes. So, uh, anyway. Uh, if I really talk about my closing argument, I always would like to say, members of the jury, this is my favorite case to try. It's my favorite case. It's not because of fancy experts or sexy issues. It's because I can rely on the common sense of the jury. Whenever I can rely on the common sense of the jury, juries always do the right thing. And that's you know, so one that, like a case to smell right, taste right, feel right. And a lot of times that's like, you know, like lawyers, they, this they, they like uh, this is a, based on a technicality. I don't understand it. It's so confusing. It makes no sense. It's in Chinese. Not only is it in Chinese, it's in Chinese Braille. But even a blind Chinese person couldn't figure this out. Uh, so so sometimes like I, I deal with lawyers who want to try like that case that no one can understand, and then like just dealing with life when people. Uh, are uh, uh, doing this uh, like like buying into stuff that makes no common sense whatsoever. Uh, so so that would make me like a little crazy. Like just like this doesn't make any sense. Uh, so that that kind of gets me like uh, well, a little bit. Well, the the thing about juries is they're emotional. Right, but you, you like, like, yeah. like, like, if you could, if by and large, like, again, adults, adults, and adults, and, this is where adults and kids have something in common is, you know, adults are pretty perceptive too, right? They're like, hey, 
I can hear when you're full of shit, right? But, but sometimes, sometimes, right? Depending on what the story is, it depends, and it also depends on the nature of the environment too. Like what, what I find when it comes to people's beliefs, whatever they may be. So I have 12 rules of success. The ninth rule, the ninth rule is detach from all outcomes. And the reason why I do that is it's twofold. One is we all have biases. Like you and I both have biases based on what we've seen in life. Right. And I would, I would dare say that probably, I would say 90% of what you and I perceive are pretty close to the same thing, but it's that 10% that's interesting because that 10% is, is my experience versus your experience. Now, the thing is, this, now I'll, I'll tell you a personal pet peeve of mine, just a personal pet peeve of mine. I hate the phrase, my truth. And, there, and, there, and it has to do with this rule. I hate the phrase, my truth. My opinion is different. My, my truth? Yeah. You ever heard someone go, this is my truth, right? No, yeah. we don't. No, no, we no, don't no, talk, no. We don't have truth. Yeah, I come from the Bronx. You don't talk. Yeah, like yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's fair. But I've heard it a few times. I hate it. What I happen to say in the Bronx, whatever I say happens to be true because I'm from the Bronx. That's a different story. Yeah, that's right. I don't say my truth. We don't have to say it's my truth. We just say where we're from. You from Calgary, maybe you have to say my truth because otherwise people wouldn't believe No, no, no. Where are you from? Oh, Calgary, is that your truth? Yeah. I, I'm from a little bit of everywhere, but that's another story. Okay. Here, 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 here's, here's my point. The detachment comes from this, right? This might help you with what, how you deal with certain things too. If I, we have ideas we, we, we accept to be true. All of us have them, right? Now, if you realize what those ideas are, you can go, you can detach long enough that if I say something that doesn't make sense to you, you can go, okay, where are you coming from? Where, where are you coming from? Because I, I need, I want to understand that at least. Even if I don't agree with it, I want to understand it. But let's just say, for example, I believe the sky is fuchsia. We'll just say, we'll just say that that's, that's the hypothetical. And you say the sky is blue, okay? Right? You say the sky is blue. Yeah, blue. Right? 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 Now, let's just say for the sake of argument that I believe that the sky is fuchsia so intensely that... Yeah that there's nothing you can say to change my mind, right? Now, the more you insist upon that idea that the sky is blue, the more I will be resistant to the idea of it, right? But if I detach from the outcome, like if I can detach from my idea, right? I can Uh hear you out. Does that make, like, do you get where I'm coming from there? Like, I can hear you out. I may not agree with you at the end. I still think that's a fuchsia sky. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, right? But- but at the very least, I can look at it and go, okay, I understand where you're coming from and vice versa too, right? Like you have your own ideas. Maybe you think the sky is glitter. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just using this as an example, but, glitter, but, 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 but that's the thing is, right? We all, we all have our biases. Like we all do. And I, and it's something I've just realized no matter what, like no matter how honest we try to be, we all are going to be, there, our perceptions will color how we see the world. So the smart thing, the only thing you can do there is like, okay, in that 10% variance, I just want to understand where you're coming from. Right now, right? If I understand that, 
maybe I can work around it. Maybe I can't. Maybe I still think you're nuts when it's over. But at least I'll hear you out. Does it, right? You know what I mean? I'll hear you out. Yes. Right? Yes. I'll hear you. Yeah, we, we slow it down and, and like listen and tell you, listen, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes, so that, that's, sometimes, always some, sometimes, it's that, sometimes that's all it takes, right? Now, when mm. it's a whole jury, eh, right? I mean, but I mean, at that point, at that point, you almost, almost have to take your hat off to your opponent because it's like, wow, he's an impressive bullshitter. I will never buy a car or anything from this guy ever. But he's good uh, at what he does, right? And yes, right. And and I'm sure there's there's been there's been like times you've seen that, and you're just like, wow, you're a world class bullshitter, and you're good because you got all you got all of them. You didn't get me, but you got all of them and that's just like it happens you can fool people like people can be fooled we all can be fooled and that's the other reason that rule exists right. too because i will admit it sometimes i'm a sucker but at least but, uh, but i'm honest enough with myself to admit that i can be fooled which ironically makes it harder to fool me right yeah. if that makes sense it's like because i know i can be fooled yeah. i'm more on guard for it well, I, I could tell you, I, I've been fooled. So because I've been fooled, like I, I learned, you know, you, you, you learn from experience. So you learn, you've been fooled. Yeah, I've been a fool sometimes. I've been foolish. I know, I've done all the different kinds of foolish kind of things. So, so you know, I, I learn and I, like, I, like I look at things slow again, like, you know, it, it happens. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's, that's just it. Right. I'm just saying like, like, I, I mean, you might still be cranky at the end of the day about it sometimes, but it, it it's life. You have to accept like, yeah. you know what, this is the, the world isn't just made for me. Right. And, and sometimes you just gotta accept that. And you're just like, and even though sometimes you're like, why is it like this? Then I'm, I, I've actually gotten a little bit afraid to ask that question now, as I've gotten older, why does something work this way? Because sometimes the answer hurts more than the question. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> so yes. I, got, I got a little scared. Anyway, can I ask, what were your favorite children's books as a kid? Children's books? Well, I, I like Dr. Seuss. I, I think more of like the, the uh, books I, I liked, uh, like I'm reading to my daughter. My daughter's at like 29 now, but... Uh, but I would read um, uh, Tacky the Penguin, Lynn Messenger. All the, and there's Tacky. Tacky is goodly, lovely, angel, neatly, and perfect. And Tacky was a bit of an odd bird, but everybody loved uh, Tacky. Like uh, so. Uh, and then there's of course Roald Dahl books. Love that. Uh, I actually uh, I'm coming out next month with. Uh, Noodles in Space, Episode 2, The Zoodles Strike Back. And that is a takeoff on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And what I do is make the back, you know, there's these kids who are like greedy. They take things you're not supposed to. And, uh, and I, I was thinking about that, like in the original story, there was a lot of media attention. All the TV stations were there and the newspaper people were there. And, and these people like to like turn blue and, and this and do that. So 
uh, they must have been shamed. Like everybody knew what happened to these kids when he went back to school. It's like, ah, ha, ha. So in this book, I have, uh, uh, they go to Chucky Chalkadoodle's Candy Doodle Factory in Frippy Frippy Froodle. Frippy Frumpy Froodle has a fitzy witsy uh, Papa Doodle. And Whippy Whiny Woodle has a Swizzly Twizzly Slime Doodle. So Frippy Frumpy goes pop and, and, and Whippy Whiny turns into a bucket of slime. But they become heroes in the end. So, so, uh, uh, so I have, so that, that just to get you like, like you segue into like my next book. Uh, so I did love the Roald Dahl books. Okay. So I, I, I just, I'm just asking because like, again, you, you have a certain whimsical nature and since I was just, uh, I'm just wondering how much do you read? Like when you're not doing, obviously you're reading a lot of, lot, lot of research in whatever cases you're in, but when you're not doing that, I'd be curious what you were doing for fun. Right. So, you know, it, it sounds like. I, I actually, I run, I, 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 I run, uh, I'm actually, I'm 62. I'm, I'm a senior citizen, believe it or not. People say, oh, you'll look like it, which is good. But uh, I run like two hours every morning. I, I've run 55 marathons. I run New York 19 times. I run Boston five times. I like running. And, uh, and what happens when I go running, I think like the ideas just go in my head and, and I start writing. And sometimes like I see the characters and I hear, listen, they start talking. I just watch them. And, um, and, and that's, that's like kind of like where it gets me into like my, my writing stuff. So when I get back from a long run, I say, Oh, let me just write that down. Of course I wouldn't be running in 40 below zero. That's not going to do that. I, I, actually, I'm going to give I'm going to give you a very weird thing like about running in cold weather. Cause I, I have to, I'm not, not this cold mind you. I wouldn't, I would I wouldn't, I wouldn't run 40 below zero, but I have no. run it, but I have run a 10 below zero. Right. And here's the interesting, and here's the interesting thing. If it's, I've done, I was, so again, we're Canadians. We are a little insane. I, I, I totally accept that. Um, just look at, just look at some, like our history is, is, is interestingly messed up, but, um, when I was when I was a kid, I, when I was in high school, I was doing the cross country. So we happened to get snow. So it was like minus five, minus ten. We actually here's the interesting thing: you actually have to strip down when you run. And the reason why you want to have to strip down when you run in that weather is you heat up about like it's cold for the first two minutes you run, and uh, then you, yes, and then you warm up because the fact that you're moving and you're going, your body naturally heats you up. Right, right. So yeah, if, you, if you're wearing a lot of layers, and you're running in that you actually end up having like you actually it makes it worse. So you actually have to strip down to when you run in really cold like weather like uh, I have run in like six below zero Fahrenheit. I think that's the coldest but which and, is and what, I which for us is, a, is about <laughs> minus 10. Actually, that's yeah, about minus 10 minus 12. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but uh, yeah, no, it was like, I, I, I did not strip down. I had the layers. The layers were good. It kept me nice and warm. The one thing, like, like I would cover the face with a, uh, like a, a thing over my mouth, yeah. and it would freeze. And then I would have to like, like this, 
face God. I just have to keep turning over so until it melts, and then I keep turning it over again, and it melts. Yeah, and I keep doing that. yeah. But that's the, but that's part of the reason why. Like 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 when we 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 would strip down. Part of the reason we don't know, I'll strip down all the way. Like we would be running in, but yeah, but we'd go down to shorts and like a t-shirt because. I, I, and I know everybody listening to this is going to say, this is weird. It's like, no, because when you run for a long period of time, you like what he's talking about happens all the time, right? Or maybe like a j- light jogging suit, like something like for the cover. But yeah, when you're done, you go right, you bundle right back up though, because your body just kind of crashes. But yeah, it's, it, yeah, it was just like, um, would I run in 40 below zero? No. Uh, no. Probably, probably not. No, you could, you could, could, you, unless it was life or death. Nope, not at all. It, it was, it would be a, uh, br- br- it's a it's brutal experience. Even walking out there for a short period of time takes a lot out of you. So I, I can only imagine what running would do. So real yes. quick before, before I, real quick. So have you done marathons or anything like that? Or is it just more like your Yes, friend? I've done 55 marathons. I've done New York City Marathon 19 times. Next this year, I'll be doing my 20th New York City Marathon. I've done the Jerusalem Marathon, the Tel Aviv Marathon, oh, wow. the Berlin Marathon, Honolulu Marathon, Miami Marathon. Yeah, so I've done a, a bunch of marathons. Chicago. What's your favorite one? I haven't done any in Canada. Uh, Chicago. I, lo- I like Chicago. It's, it's like you have room to go. It's flat. Uh, it's easy to get in, easy to get out. They have beer. When you, you finish, the beers <laughs> taste good. You know, uh, Dublin I like also because the beer, is the, the Guinness is really, really good at the end. You know, just, uh, we actually make Guinness up in Canada now. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guinness, Guinness. Oh, okay. In terms of beer, uh, we have like, like, okay, we are one of the largest, we are probably the largest beer drinking nation in the world. Considering that there's 40 million of us, that's actually a little scary, but it's actually true. Yeah. It's actually true. But there, no, we, 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 uh, we have an, like an amazing sort of beer and our beer on average is stronger than yours. So like, yeah, like I think yes. have, yeah, on average is stronger. So it's, it's, you'd have a good time up here. Like, like, like you would have a really good time up here and just come in when the summer, I, pick a summer, just pick a summer yeah. month. So you'll have a good, you'll have a good time. When I was uh, in college, I went to college up in Albany and you would have a lot of kids from Buffalo coming to college in Albany. And I'm downstaters and upstaters and uh, the Buffalo people, would always bring cases. They would go into Canada and get cases of Molson's Bredore. And, and back then, they didn't have the, all the micro brews, whatever. You know, now it's easy to get like a really strong beer here. But here it was like Budweiser, Blast beer, whatever. And uh, Molson's Bredore was supposedly stronger. And yes, I, I had a number of those and I felt it. Yeah, yeah. Fact, this is like, like seventy nine, eighty, eighty one, like a long time ago. Yeah, no, Mike. The microbrewery phase is definitely up to up to your game down there. But no, because your your average beer, like your average brand name beer down there, I'm I'm not. I'm gonna say is legitimately terrible. Like I don't feel it, right? Because I come because I'm also coming yeah. down from the mountains. 
right? Mm -hmm. I can't even get a buzz off like a Bud Light or Bud or Bud Light. I just can't. Like it's just like I can't. Yeah. It's like it, it's just not even there, right? And you want, like I said, I'm not encouraging anyone just to drink to get wasted, but you want to feel it when you have a drink, right? You don't want to not not take the edge off a little bit at least when you have it. So yeah, no, like the, the, a good like like six percent IPA is like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's what you want. That's all you want, right? So that's it. Yeah, yeah, and it, that's it. You just want you just want to feel it. You just want to feel it, and then you want to just relax and chill with your beer. But yeah, okay, yeah, you should do a Canadian marathon at some point. But uh, like, just say you've That's done it. it. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, the fact that you've done Jerusalem and Tel Aviv is like, have you gone to other countries besides besides Israel? Uh, Berlin, uh, in Germany, and Dublin, and uh, in Ireland. Uh, I would like to do London. That, that's on my my bucket list. Okay. Quebec City, I would like to do. That would be fun. I've been to Quebec City. I love Quebec City. Quebec but City. Not, I haven't run the marathon there, but I love, I've been to the city and I've been to Montreal. But yeah, I've been up to Banff by by you. Um, so I've been Banff there. Is be beautiful. Ban Ban Banff is beautiful. I actually lived yeah. in the mountains for six months when I came back up here. I miss those mountains. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I'm not. I'm not even like uh, joking. If you live, I, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't know if you ever had the luxury, have you ever lived in a, like a mountainous region, you can almost like you feel them. And when you leave, I can still see the mountains from where I'm at, but it's not the same. It's just not, not the, same, the same, no. So that's cool. So I'm going to ask a couple more questions and we'll, then we'll get to the plugging of the books. First question actually is this, why do you like running so much? Uh why I like running so much. Uh, yeah. So I used to be heavy. I used to be like uh, 240 pounds. Like I was, it was like December 1987. And I was 240 pounds. It was like 40 waist. And I was like, I was like, this was like after law school. And I was cooking and eating. And I was living in Pittsburgh. And it was big football town. And like, you oh, yeah. know, you're eating kips and beer and beer nuts. And, and, uh, and, uh, fried foods, uh, pastrami, chopper, triple decker sandwiches. So I was eating like a lot of bad stuff and I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, uh, between Christmas Eve and new year's, I, I, my girlfriend dumped me and then my brand new car got stolen and like I fired from my job. So I lost my girl, my car and my job. And I said, no matter how tired I was, I was going to go to the gym and I, I just cut out fried foods, cut, cut out potatoes, just cut out the junk. And I lost like 85 pounds in like five months. Like people say, oh, do you have AIDS? Do you have AIDS? I said, no, 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 I don't. Know. So halfway, like when I first started, I did three minutes in the life cycle, level one. And I was like, Wah. I couldn't breathe. And then like a few months later, it's not like a run, you know? So, so uh, that got me into running and it's, and one of the things, um, it actually in the early 2000s when my daughter was young, uh, I noticed I was getting like gaining weight, and I noticed what I was doing then. I was being her garbage can, so she would have, like not finish a chicken nugget. I would just eat it, and uh, and so that got me thinking about like what I did before, and uh, and I talk about it in both my books. Uh, that um, like, you know, like I, I very big on, you know, people like talk about habits, like 
oh, you have to get, get good habits, good habits. And I talk about normals, developing your your normals. And so that became my normal. Uh, and I, I describe like a, the difference between a habit and a normal habit is like you find a good parking spot. Oh, yeah, there's a good parking spot you park. But it is like I come from New York and it's alternate side parking. You might have to move the car at some point. Uh, a normal is like you're building a house. There's more permanency to it. So what's what like what's like normals could I have? And so uh, like I woke up today. Oh, I really wanted to snooze that alarm. I saw it. like I am a little cold, whatever. I was just gonna stay in bed. I got up. I got up, and once I got up, I felt oh I could go out. And so I went for my run in the morning. Uh, because that, that's what I do. But there's a lot of mornings, like, there's that two seconds I'm thinking, can I take a day off? You know? So, yeah, it becomes my normal. And uh, and it, it really gives me, and I, and I live in Hoboken, right on the river, and I run along the river, and I have the New York City skyline, and the sunrise coming up over New York, and it's gorgeous, like, I always take pictures of uh, the, the sun, the sky, whatever is this dramatic sky with this dramatic skyline. So, uh, yeah, it, it gives me juice and, and it uh, starts that creative energy. And again, that's, I do a lot of my writing when I go running and, and, and sometimes it's like I get characters. So the fun one in my book, I have uh, Cinderella Crankosaurus. And I have all these characters. It's completely different than real Cinderella. Uh, but uh, like uh, the, the, the king and queen, they're like, like my parents. You know, it's just like watching them talk. I don't have to do anything. I just watch them talk. And it's just uh, a lot of fun. So running, so running ends you zen. It's almost like your place is zen? Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's my place, yes. Okay, gotcha. I, I can respect that. I just said... You actually make me almost want to run again. Now, I won't run today, but I mean, because, well, you know what I've got to deal with right now, but when the weather gets a little nicer, maybe I'll get back into the... No, 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 no. You'll go like this. Yeah, pretty much. And then... Yeah, no, no, no. No, you just, you go outside and you just just hear it. If you hear a giant F-bomb from all the way up north, you know it was me. That's all you got to say. Okay. (laughs) It's like, what the, what the hell is that? Oh, 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 I know why. Yeah, it's like stupid weather. But the other, okay, so the other, so the final, so I guess the final question is, and this is, this might be a big one. Oh, it might be a small one. Okay. A big one is good. I yeah, like I, 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 I don't know. It's a, for some people, it's an easy one. Some people, it's a hard one. What did writing these kids' books teach you? Uh, <laughs> they, they, they taught me, uh, they they taught me. I mean the the best the best well they they taught me like like possibilities and and uh, they they taught they they taught me uh, that uh, you, you you discover things that you would never expect like I I didn't plan on it and and the fun thing I just wrote um, the the story for the next noodles book noodles in space. Uh, escape from Zoodle Traz. And uh, the amazing thing was 
and I think this is like the best one out of all. Um, and like, and the, the thing about writing is like, I'm not going to write something uh, just to like write crap. You know, it's just like, I want it, like uh, I want it to be up to par with what I've done before or better, which makes it tougher. And after I finish a book, I say, well, that's it. I uh, like, there's nothing left in, you know, and not, nothing left in, in there. I like, I don't expect anything to come up. And then that's when I think, well, yeah, there's nothing. And then also I get an idea and then you know, like, it's like dust, it gathers. And then like, it's just get they get attracted to each other. And then I have a story. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, and it's like, oh, wow, this is fun. And then I could do that. Oh, that's another idea make it better. You know, it's just like it's in, I like cooking. So, uh, like I like to cook and with the different ingredients. So like I see writing, uh, almost like in the same way. Oh, I can add this, like, Ooh, this could be a delicious stew I'm making. Yeah. You know, so, so that's, that's what it turns out to be. And, and that's my, that, that's the, the fun part with kid books also is with the illustrator where you're collaborating, but I have an amazing illustrator in Nottingham, England, I, I'm going to fly out next month to hang out with them. And, uh, and that's, that's like where you, you get Christmas presents. Like he draws up stuff like in the, like as you go along and it's like opening up Christmas presents all the time. That's really that, that's, that's the, that's the fun part with, with no, doing I... kid books as opposed to the adult books. You can make adult books fun. But yes, they maybe not maybe not nonfiction legal books. I don't know about that, but 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 you can make adult books fun. But yeah, so my adult book is fun, but uh, it's it's the collaboration is fun. I like yeah, I, I like like cool. you know, yeah, yeah. I do comics, so I totally understand it. Like I totally totally understand it. So, Mr. Steven. No. Oh, there you go. Here it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just a he does a great cover. Yeah. All right, Mr. M Mr. Steven, I think we have an interview. Yeah. What do you say? What do you think? Yes, we do. Okay, so if we have an interview, I think what you need to do. This is what you need to do. What's closer, your last book that came out or your next book? I think it's your next book, right? My next book is coming out next month. My last book came out in September, so they're really yeah, so, put so, together. So I, I think what you should do, this is how you should do this. You should, you should, get, you should get people a nice little wonderful spiel about your next book. Because that, that, that by the time this episode airs on the audio, your book will be probably be very out or, very, or just after. So talk about your next book. Go in great detail about it. And how can people find you when it's all said and done? Okay. Okay, so, all right, my next book. So this just actually... Uh, the Snoodles series, I have Snoodles, Cadoodles, Poodles, and lots and lots of noodles. It was followed up just last April, this past April, Snoodles in Space, a Snoodle, the Zoodle, Cadoodles, and One Happy Schmoodle. And you think that would be enough, but no. Next month is the follow-up, the third in the Snoodles series, Snoodles in Space, Episode 2, The Zoodles Strike Back. And in that story, I love this story. If anybody knows about like Roald Dahl, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, this is kind of like a different twist to it because 
you have the Chunky Chockadoodles Candy Doodle Factory in Grumpy Grimy Groodleman's kids. Grumpy Grimy Groodleman invented the gruel and runs on gruel. It's very stinky. But is, this is before the Snoodle Mobile, which runs on noodles, or the Crop Mobile, which runs on sauerkraut, and that wasn't too good either. But the kids, Frippy Frumpy Froodle and Whippy Whiny Woodle, end up going to the Candy Doodle Factory. And then Frippy Frumpy has a, a fizzy wizzy Papa Doodle and goes pop. And then uh, uh, Whippy Whiny Woozle has a swizzly twizzly slime doodle. She swizzled and she, and she twizzled. And then she turned into a bucket of slime. Not very good. So the nice thing about this book is these kids. Where they didn't get a good media coverage. Can you believe it? You know, it's just, uh, you know, like they're called like slime doodles and all that. And it's not very nice. Uh, so they become the heroes at the end. They, they, the heroes at the end, and they, they help save the planet. And it's, it's a wonderful story. You would never expect it, but that's what these books are about. Things you never expect. That's right. From Crankosaurus to the Revenge of the Doodles, Stephen Joseph, you sound like you are having a blast being a kid's, a, a kid's book writer. So. And you could follow, I have a, an award-winning blog, uh, uh, stephenjosephauthor.com, where I write about crankiness and stuff that you could even find on Cranky Superpowers, Life Lessons Learned from the Common Crankosaurus Chronicles, or A Grown-Up Guide to Effective Crankiness to Crankosaurus Methods. So a lot, lot of things to, you know, you can have a lot of fun. You have to get a good taste uh, on my blog and it, 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 you'll, you'll be entertained. All right. I think that. Thank you, Stephen. And that, folks, will do it for Stephen Joseph. I want to apologize to my viewers this week. I had a couple more interviews planned, but I messed those. But that vote up. I'm hoping to get that corrected soon. I want to thank Stephen for coming on the show, for being a really Thanks good Thanks for having host. me. Yeah, you, you were fun, man. You were fun, man. So for everybody watching, everybody listening, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Stay inspired. Keep shining in the dark. And I'll see you next time. Want to learn how to put together a podcast? Well, you're in luck. As someone who has done over 1,000 episodes of the podcast, have won awards, and have also done shows for companies and clients, I am more than happy to teach you how it is to create a podcast. In my course, you will learn the following skills, how to put together a show, what does that actually entail, whether it's audio or video, how to interview guests, how to, why you would actually get guests, if that is, the, whether you do them or not regularly on the show, whether or not you, how to market your show, whether you're trying to make money, or even how to do some extra fun things that you never would imagine doing in a podcast. This is my course, this is how it's done. And I'm here to show you. So then for the month of December, you will get 25% off if you register for the course. It launches for December, the week of Christmas. So definitely click on the link in the description below if you want to register. Josh. Josh.